1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope all you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? Did the Cowboys ruin it for you?
0: No, I I didn't allow the Cowboys to to ruin Thanksgiving for me because uh, uh, I just closed my eyes and and ate the pain away.
1: (laughs) I had to go Black Friday shopping. As soon as the game was over, I just went out to Walmart to try to retail shop my my way out of it. But that's all right. Uh, Coming up on today's show, we are going to try to find out what is going on with the Cowboys. Are their problems solvable? What's going on with Des Bryant? And what should we be looking forward to over the next five games? Uh, in case you guys have been living under a rock for the last oh, five days, the Cowboys lost to the Chargers 28-6 to at home. Phillip Rivers threw for 434 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Prescott struggled once again. He had two interceptions, one which was a pick six in the fourth quarter. Landed. what do you think is the single biggest problem going on with the Cowboys right now?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I think the the single biggest problem is is lack of available bodies. Or, I mean, you know, specif- specifically at the last three games at key spots. Um, and then I think that you know the that combined with uh, you know the spots at where they were and, and who they played they were playing against these last few games, uh, you know, kind of made for a perfect storm of terrible. Uh, and so I think that is the biggest issue, but it certainly isn't the only issue. I mean, I would say that there's definitely some ex- there's lots of execution errors, um, you know, uh, an, an inability to kind of scheme your way out of the situation because of where you are uh, personnel wise in the, this part of the season. Um, but I, I think that uh, I think that that's without a doubt to me availability is the, the big has been the biggest issue. Availability at key spots has been the biggest issue I think so far. Uh, or the biggest single issue of, of the last three three game losing streak all
1: right I want to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott because i'm i don't want to say i'm officially worried but I'm concerned uh, I, I was hoping with 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 Zeke being suspended that Prescott was going to take this next step and you know kind of take a hold of this offense and be able to put up you know, points to keep this team into the games. And now we're kind of seeing that that's just not the case. So the question that I've been kind of struggling with myself is, is it a Prescott problem or is this a scheme problem where this offense isn't designed to be a pass-first offense that relies on the quarterback? Uh, I don't know. I am I guess I'm going to throw this up to you because I'm not sure what the, the the problem is. Is it Prescott just not a good enough passer at this point? Or is the offense just not Prescott friendly? What do you think?
0: I think we need to. We kind of need to just stop looking for simple solutions to complex problems. I mean, I, I think yeah, but the, it's more the, fun this way. I know, I that know, it's more fun this somebody. way. But, but, but I, I think the the, the the general issue is that you know you, you can't problems don't get solved that way. Like the problems, usual complex problems aren't a situation where you just fix one thing and that fixes the the whole thing. It's usually multiple problems that are feeding into each other, much the same way that, you know, I guess, team-oriented football where offense and defense sort of work with each other, help each other. It can work in opposite ways, too, where, you know, you have multiple failures at key spots that kind of also snowball into a worse situation. And and I think ultimately what we've discovered is, is that it's not just, is Dak good enough? I mean, it's... Is that good enough with a offense that's having to relearn its identity because it's lost its the the the, the player that the offense is based around, while also dealing with a hurt left tackle and playing against the pass the best pass rushing front in football? You know, I mean, it's like it's it's a complicated equation, and there's a lot of there's definitely you know fingers to be pointed at and people to blame. I would say, and I'm not suggesting that that shouldn't be happening that there aren't people that you know tangibly had make a marked difference on on the our ability to score points or or def- defend the team from scoring points. But I also think that I I, I don't think that like anything definitive is is. Been except for the fact that we've gotten our butts kicked the last three games has, has come out of this last three games, and I think that that's why you know everyone out over here is is you know wildly pointing their fingers everywhere because they because there isn't one source of the issue, and that's why a lot of people's fingers end up pointing towards Jason Garrett is because they don't they don't right. really know they don't really know what what. What the problem is, so the natural when they don't know what the problem is, they go to the coach because the coaches do things that are in, you know, kind of intangible to the average coach, fan, coach, uh, average uh, football fan. Because outside of like, you know, what happens on game day, they don't really understand what a head coach does. And so, See, I, I don't feel like it's a talent issue. I really don't
1: feel like it's a talent issue because they've got a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball. So, is it just is it a coaching issue? I mean, I'm sincerely asking now because I. I don't know. I, I believe in a lot of the coaches that they have. I still think Barad Marinelli is a fantastic defensive coach. I think Scott is a really good offensive coordinator. So, what is going on? I mean, I just don't understand.
0: I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that you're not alone. I mean, I think that. I think that a lot of people don't understand it. But I also think that again, it's it's the reason it's it's hard to understand is because we don't have all the information. You know, I, I don't think we know. Everything that there is to know about how this team gets run, and and that's you know by design, I would say. But but I also would say that it makes it difficult to kind of properly you know know who and what is to blame. I also think that again, like there is a certain amount of the fact that you know I think that it's the the score and the you know certainly the parts of the effort, especially the last game, that is putting all of this into into you know, into severe questioning. But I, I think a lot of this also has to do with circumstance and, and, and you know, who they played and, and at what state they were playing against them. So I, I think that at this point, you know, I, I I think it's kind of tough to tear apart exactly which, you know, which particular entity, you know, has the lion's share of the blame here. But I, I think that, you know, like I said, Lack of availability, you know, started this problem and then a a failure to find, uh, you know, an offensive identity immediately or even soon after losing Zeke was, uh, you know, Made worse by the by the by the the caliber of player that you were missing outside of just Zeke at that point. You were you missing Tyron Smith. You're missing Sean Lee. The defense is not the same without Sean Lee. The offense is not the same without Tyron Smith, and the offense is not clearly mm-hmm. not the same without Zeke. And so, uh, a lot of that gets translated into, well, Dak couldn't you know recover from that, or Dak you know couldn't. Uh, uh, overcome that or you know Garrett couldn't scheme his way around that but it's it's not just on Dak or on Garrett on or whoever it's it's on the entire team and and if you watch the tape the entire team's playing bad it's not just it's not just you know it's not just one or two guys like it's it at different points a lot of different players are playing bad so uh, yeah I, I think it's very difficult to define and figure out exactly what is what the issue is you know acutely because I think it's several different acute issues that are just kind of rolling all into one at this point.
1: Coming up still on today's show, we talk about any positives that we saw from the game. We talk a little bit about Des Bryant and what should the Cowboys be doing in the next five games to prepare for the 2018 season. So stick with us and we'll be right back.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
1: All right, I want to talk about some of the positives because I'm an optimistic person, and I, I like to at least focus on the positives while everybody else is focusing on the negatives. Yes, clearly. It's hard for me to say that without laughing. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> um, I do want to give a little credit to a guy that I've kind of made the whipping boy of the show, uh, Jalen Smith. I, I actually thought he played a pretty uh, good game in this one, and it, which that's pretty shocking considering that they had to play on Sunday night, and he played a lot of snaps on Sunday night. Um, and then he played 38 snaps in this one. I thought this was probably his best game of the season. Um, he looked a little bit quicker than we saw him maybe earlier in the season. Definitely did a better job of getting off the of blocks. I'm going to be curious to fire up the All-22 and, and, and watch it more that way. But from the broadcast, I thought he played extremely well. Probably his best game of the season. Who else do you think had a good game uh, on Thanksgiving?
0: <clears throat> well, I mean, I think that, you know, despite the way things turned out i think there were definitely times uh, early on that several different uh, players in the defense were playing well um and i and i think that at times if it, it felt like uh it felt like dez was having a good game at times like i mean it felt like he was he was doing things early on and then just it kind of fell apart for everybody um i just at this point like i think You know the the people that, and again, this is also really tough to see because it's you know the people that it feels like are playing well are not getting any kind of rewards for it. Like I feel like at at times Irving was playing well and at times Lawrence was playing well, but we're getting just Mm. massively held at times and not getting calls and and, but and also not able to get home. You know, so um, I think I think that. You know, a lot of the guys that that may have played well at different points, um, it got masked because of, of, you know, some of the terrible stuff that was happening around them that kind of, you know, showed up around it. I mean, I think Xavier Woods showed up at a different, different points, but, you know, I also think that there were times when they, you know, showed the rookie side of themselves. So I I think there was just a lot of up and down from certain players.
1: I thought both Rod Smith and Alfred Morris played pretty well in this game. And nobody's going to talk about the running backs because of you know the loss of the Zeke Elliott. But I thought both of those guys ran extremely hard, especially Morris in the first half. Uh, he had a run on the very first play of the game. He kind of got met in the backfield and somehow was able to shake out of it and still get, I think it was a four-yard carry out of it. Um, yeah, obviously, they're... They're, not, they're not Zeke, but I think they're doing an adequate job, maybe a little bit better than we thought. But, yeah, quick thoughts on Alfred Morris?
0: Well, I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's one spot where we definitely didn't expect. You know, I mean, if you if we were gonna point to, if we were gonna be told, you know, three games ago that we were gonna go on a three game losing streak, I, I don't think that the running game would be considered a bright spot, you know, or something we, we would think would be a bright spot. But I, I think ultimately it has been to a certain degree, especially uh, against Philadelphia. Um, what the, you know, and who, especially when you consider who they were playing. Um, and I just, yeah, I think that the problem was is is that you know they the teams are and i think this is part of the issue too is that it looks like the run game is doing well but i also think that that's because no one is afraid of the running game and they're allowing it to do well i think that sure. that, that that they're loading up on not letting dak beat them anymore which is obviously giving dak problems when he's throwing the ball but you know i mean they're really they're not buying the play action anymore um you know the, on the bootlegs and in the and the in the rollouts like it's they're 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 focusing on Dak they're not focusing on on uh, on the running back so i, and they I think sniffed
1: th- out the jet sweep I, I mean i think that was the second play of the game that melvin ingram sn- you know he he knew what was coming as soon as he saw switzer in the game he knew something was up
0: yeah i mean so i think that that's that's you know that's all part of it i think that that's all part of what's going on is that you know, the shift of the focus of the offense has changed and it's easier to defend an offense that's learning its way than to be an offense that's trying to figure out its way without its best players. And I think, you know, when you combine the fact that they played three pretty good defenses, it's, I mean, it it shows.
1: All right, I want to talk a little bit about Des Bryant because over the last, well, really now the last three weeks, we've got a lot of people wondering, uh, is Des declining? Is he a guy that they should cut? It, you know, I've I've seen multiple articles this week thinking that he could be a cap casualty in the offseason. And I kind of just want to talk a little bit at least from, you know, from what I'm seeing when watching the film. So uh, I went back and watched every single target from him over the last three weeks just to see what's going on. And I know a lot of people are pointing to separation and that he's not creating enough separation. Um, and my... Thought on that really quickly is I—he's never been a guy that creates a bunch of separation, Um, especially in this offense where he runs most of his routes on the outside. Uh, I know a lot of people, and Chris Carter was one of them, you know, saying that he doesn't run a diverse route tree, and that's sort of true because that's what the Cowboys ask of him. There's very few route combinations that they're going to ask him to run because they've got you know four routes that he runs well, and this is what they're going to have him run, but. Uh, The problem that I'm seeing is there's way too many 50-50 balls that are going to Bryant. And I know over the past several years, everybody thinks, hey, Des is great in 50-50 balls. And he is. And he's fantastic at those. But the problem is some of those 50-50 passes that he's getting shouldn't be 50-50 balls. I'll give a perfect example. Uh, There was two throws, his first two throws of the game, um, that Prescott made to Bryant which were back shoulder throws that didn't end up being to the back shoulder they ended up being where the defender could make a play on the ball they were thrown far too far inside and they were thrown high and Des caught one and the other one was broken up for an incompletion now people will point at that one saying hey he's not creating separation but in reality if those balls are thrown accurately and where they're supposed to be into the sideline those are easy catches for Des so Right now, there's just a disconnect between he and Prescott, and I, I'm not sure what's going to change. I don't know if this offseason they're going to have to really work at it together or maybe they try to change up their offense to not so heavily rely on back shoulder th- throws and, you know, b- basically YOLO balls down the sideline. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but that's at least what I'm seeing from Dak and Prescott or Dak and Dez right now. Do you see anything different going on?
0: I think that what you're seeing is is a player who, two players who maybe aren't necessarily the best fit together as as where their skill sets are, um, and I think the, the Cowboys are doing the best they can to try to make that work because I think that maybe Dez was a better player for um, Tony's skill set, um, but I, I think that you know now it's gotten to the point where you know and and it's been a problem for a while i mean it has i mean it's it's been a problem to the point where the problem became them forcing the ball to, to um to to Dez and 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 you know the problem became over targeting Dez and 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 not getting him the ball uh in ways that are you know uh amenable to how he wants to play the game and how he wants yeah you know, he wants to get the ball uh on the move, and 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 um, you know, I he wants those those uh, deep passes where he where he needs them accurately, and I don't know that that those throws are necessarily where Dak thrives. Now, I think that some of the in breaking stuff, some of the quick slant stuff, is better to what Dak does. But I think that I think that ultimately, um, you know, what we're seeing is that Dez is probably the receiver of the main weapons that Dallas has that Dak is the least comfortable with. I mean not not I mean not like you know they haven't had reps together but I think that you know his skill set matches up with yes. da- with Dak, yeah. the, the least, you know, the yes. best. And I and I think that um you know ultimately what you're dealing with is is you're trying to get the most out of a situation that isn't a a perfect fit anymore. Um and, I, you know, look, I think that, that that could be said about several different parts of the offense, you know, and, and I think – but I think the, specifically in the passing game at this point now, it's become pretty clear that the Cowboys, as far as how they want to attack teams in the passing game, they don't – I mean, it doesn't work the way it did with Tony and it shouldn't. Like Dak is a different player than than Tony is, and so I think that you know as Des gets older, I I don't know that they'll you know eventually resign him as much as I love Des. I, I just think that you know there's there's a real chance that that you know, you got other players out there that are better fits, maybe more uh, you know precise route runners. And look, I mean, that, I'm not saying that that Des isn't a good wide receiver. I'm saying that. The way Des wins is not necessarily aligned with the way Dak wins, and I think that De- that Des has extreme value that is being, you know, unwasted. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll waste, say wasted, wasted, wasted. But but at the same time, I think that that's that, that's a two way street though. I think that that's the other part of the problem. That I think that as much as we want to blame Dak for not getting Des the ball, w- you know. We we by that same boat, we have to give Dak, you know, some leeway to the fact that he doesn't have a number one wide receiver who can win the way that he wants the wide receiver to win to get him the ball. And and do you I think, remember, I think you remember an when issue? Garrett
1: and those you remember when Garrett and those guys were saying that they needed to make the offense Romo friendly? And they kinda of went out and got pieces that fit Romo. I that, think eventually they're, they're going to, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do okay, remember. Jerry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I think eventually they're going to have to do that with Dak. They're going oh, yeah. to have to find receivers, and I, I don't think Terrence Williams is one of those receivers that fits well with Dak. I think, I think ideally he would probably be better suited with guys like Stephon Diggs or Golden Tate or uh, Emmanuel Sanders on the outside, guys that creates quick separation and can do a little bit of damage after the catch, rather than these guys that he's got to throw. You know, almost throw open. So I, I, I kind of, I do think eventually they're going to get to that point where they've got to figure out what kind of weapons does Dak uh, need, what suits him well. But in the meantime, they're going to have to figure out a way to get this offense, especially the passing offense, to work with the weapons they have now. Because a, as I see it right now, I don't see any way that any of those top three receivers aren't here next year. Uh, Noah Brown and Ryan Switzer will probably be back as well. So those are your top five receivers, all probably going to be back again next year. So they're going to have to figure out some way to make it work with, with the weapons they have right now.
0: Yeah, and and, and and I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying that I, that I think that the issue is that because Des is being paid as much money as he is, that you you feel like you need to get value out of that, and the the way that the team feels like they get value out of that is to force feeding him targets. Um, and I think that if you're going to force feed targets, you you should have a quarter a wide receiver who, um, you know maybe runs routes that the quarterback is more comfortable throwing, and that's where the problem arises: is that you know is that Des doesn't run the routes that Dak, you know, throws the best balls on, you know? And I think that's where that's where this issue is coming in is that you have a number w- number one wide receiver in name and a guy who could be a number one receiver on 90% of the teams, including this team. I just think that the problem is is that it's a mismatched off passing offense at this point. And I think that's Showing up now that the onus uh, has been put on the offense to to um, to move the ball, and now and that gets even further exacerbated by the idea of no of them having a lack of protection because of you know, problems with their offensive line injuries and bad play. So, right,
1: I I just disagree with the thought that Des has fallen off a cliff or that he's not the same athlete that he was. Five weeks ago, I I I see the same players. Just their skill sets don't match. But
0: yeah, I mean, I think that the problem is is that people again, simple solutions to complex problems. You know, just because production is not the same does not mean that the player is not still the same athlete. Circumstance matters. Whether that's a quarterback, whether that's the defense that you're playing, whether that's you know you having a being nicked up uh you know for 4 weeks out of the season and no one noted, no one knowing or you know i think that there's just a, a lot of things that people want to say a plus b equals c and it's not always that straightforward and I and i you know this is one of those things i agree i i think that y- if if tony were healthy and you put him back in here i think that des would shine but that i don't know that that necessarily would be the best thing for this offense either so i you know what i'm saying like i think that there's a lot of complicated right. equations that go into this stuff uh and this offense is still trying to fig- this offense has never had to operate without Zeke before and so you add in another layer that completely throws that equation off where you have no Tyron Smith as well and i think that of course it's going to feel disjointed and especially against the types of defenses that it went especially the last two weeks you know the kind of really tough to pass on defenses because they have incredible pass rushes those are going to be difficult for an offense that's trying to figure out how to throw the ball without a running game attached to it
1: all right, let's pause for a second so I can tell you guys about Pro Football Focus. If you guys love Pro Football Focus, you can be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. All you have to do is leave a review for this show, the Locked on Cowboys podcast, and leave your Twitter handle and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. You will have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts. NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, as well as team and player pages featuring PFF signature stats. All you have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. I use it all the time. Make sure you guys go out and do that. It just takes a minute of your time. Twitter handle, leave a review, and you'll be eligible to win.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, our last point that we want to talk about. Uh, the Cowboys are sitting at five and six. Uh, for them to have any chance of making the playoffs, they've got to win their next five games. And even if they win their next five, it's going to be awfully tough for them to get into the playoffs as a wild card, considering how tough the NFC East or NFC is this year. So over the next five games, what are going to be some of the things that you are looking forward to watching? And what are some of the things that you want to see from this Cowboys team in these next five games?
0: Well, I mean, I think, you know, no matter what, you know, you want to see more growth um, from the young guys. I mean, I think (coughs) you wonder... As they get closer to the end of the season, um, you know which ones will start hitting the wall, especially some of these defensive backs because they, you know, they have been running a lot and they've been playing a lot, and so I think you know you, uh, you get to December, yeah, at, you start getting close, you know, towards the uh, number of games they play in college, and uh, and and their bodies are going to start feeling it a little bit more. Um, so uh, you know, you you want to see how many of them can fight through that and 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 continue to improve. Um, you know, obviously, I we we want to see the offense try to figure out a way to, to get back on track and and to throw in the ball and and um, you know, I think that I think it's just continuing to fight. I mean, I think continuing to try to you know just get through the season, no matter you know what the circumstances? I, I mean you're right the fact that they don't really control their fate at this point I mean I, I think that they could win out and still you know not make the playoffs conceivably right. so um, I, I think that and I don't know that winning out is something that's even realistic either um, so I, I think that well, now this, you're
1: just being pessimistic come on Landon
0: well I mean I think you know I, I, I'm <laughs> being realistic that you know I just don't being intentionally pessimistic um, yeah. I think I look. I I mean, they could get on a run. I just think that it's they. You know, the team that I would see getting on a run had a lot more players, a lot more talent on it. Like this, this, this is a this is a team that's trying to that's struggling to get by. That's barely going to be able to field a linebacking crew coming up this week. I mean, you know, it's 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 not just injury. Obviously, the suspension is part of it as well. But I I just I think it'd be we'd be hard pressed to go on a five game winning streak. Uh, while still trying to figure out our offensive identity without Zeke, um, you know, for the next three games at least, and then uh, even when Zeke gets back, it's still a tough, it's still a tough haul, and you still got to go back right. into Philly and beat beat Philly. You know, it's 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 not impossible, but it's unlikely. So at this point, you just want to see the young guys uh, improve, continue to improve, and to see the team overall. Uh, just continue to fight, no matter what. I mean, they maybe they're out of it, maybe they're not. But but they, but continue to try to win every one of these games.
1: All right, and I'll be quick. So I, there's three players that I really want to watch over these next five weeks because I think they're going to determine a lot of what the Cowboys do in the off season. I already talked about them before, but Jalen Smith. I think Smith's play over the you know next five games. If he can continue to play at the level that we saw him in the Chargers game, uh, I think that might push that linebacker need. Down the board a little bit. Um, as of right now, I think that's a need that they need to, you know, select in the first couple rounds, especially if Hitchens leaves. But if Jalen can start to play, you know, at the level that they kind of anticipate him eventually getting to, um, you know, maybe they don't need to spend a high pick on a linebacker. So that's one. Uh, Xavier Woods is the other. Uh, is the second one. He's been up and down. I know he kind of gave up a big pass down the sideline to Travis Benjamin, but I want to see. You know, Candy continue to grow. Is that a spot that the Cowboys need to spend another pick on next year? Um, are they comfortable having Woods be their, you know, their starting free safety and then letting Heath be their third? And finally, I would love to see Rico Gathers in you know maybe two or three of these final games. I, I I'm not sure where he's at health wise. Uh, I'm not sure how much of the playbook he knows, but I think this would be a great time of year. Maybe even you know just those last two games. Get him into the game let him play a little bit, let him learn, let him fail, uh, just so that he has a little bit of experience heading into next year because I think that tight end is a position that they have to address in some way uh, because I, I just feel like Witten is kind of bogging down the offense, and we can have a conversation about that later. But I would love to see Rico you know, play 20, 30 snaps a game over the last five games. So uh, any last thoughts before we head out, Landon?
0: Nope, cover that's anything? it. I think so.
1: All right. That's it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow. Maybe do a little bit of All-22 review. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the needs the Cowboys may have in the offseason. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.